Welcome back, everybody, to The Mental Knot. This is going to be a segment on why. And we've had multiple discussions. I think everybody knows who we are now, so we can just let that go, right? It takes up time, this introduction thing. So um, we talked about judgment. We talked about um, a whole bunch of different stuff, Mm -hmm. right, in society and in life Mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And somebody asked me the other day, how would you approach a subject like say for example there's a negative connotation towards like mental health or somebody utilizing counseling or whatever and it, it's not really about that it's about like the judgment piece mm-hmm. and then we ask the question why and that's like an easy segment into understanding like you asked me mm-hmm. earlier why i did what i did like why would you have a drink with dinner mm-hmm. that's powerful and i think it's she not, asked you three times she did she did ask me three times and then the, you which asked, goes you back asked to why three, three times wise. he's, an he's all about deflector. the three whys i'm an expert deflector yes uh-huh. yes but that's like that's a really important thing is is like why you know um and that's that's the segment is is why so that's what i want to talk about with you two guys you two ladies sorry and uh and back to that example you know you sit down for dinner mm-hmm. and you have a drink well why <clears throat> or why do you buy your gucci shoes or you know, why would you judge somebody like that? Like, where is that coming from? And, and that's, the, that's an e- easy segment into the characteristics of mental health and what's healthy in a situation. And also it's not like you're not attacking anybody. Mm-hmm. That's a super easy way. Like you did that really good. You put me on the spot. I wasn't offended. Okay. But I was like, oh shit. Uh-huh. Right? But I, I wasn't, like you can't get offended if somebody asks you why. Well, oh, I right. think many people can get right. offended when they ask you why. Probably very much so just like in the course of a conversation like we're talking about this thing that many people do and Do we ever actually stop and think about why we do what we do or is it just habit? Yeah, and does habit create some type of Preoccupation whether you want to call it addiction no matter what that looks like no matter how it manifests drugs alcohol shopping Gucci, Mm -hmm. you know so You know say we're in a it's a relationship thing Right. And somebody loses their temper or somebody's drinking a lot or whatever. That's a really good segment, too, in that application, too, for that same question. Right. How come how come like you got so angry at the person that cut you off on the road? Going back to my driving examples. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Where does that come from? Why, why would you behave like that? That's a hard question to answer then. So I actually I've struggled with this and I actually did ask myself why. You struggled with somebody cutting you off and you getting pissed? I have struggled with like road rage. Really? Before. Absolutely. Wow. I can't see you road raging. Wow. Well, this is going to be great. You're a psychotherapist that road rages and says the F word. This is awesome. I also drive to Trader Joe's she, getting you my like coconut milk <laughs> oh. while listening to questionable music. <laughs> it's called Morning. balance. It's, it's called, called balance. balance. Yeah. Thank you, Shelly. Because you're so smart and so professional in one area, then you're like, you don't get cocoa milk and rock out. But actually, that's very much who I am. Like I do, I do pride myself on being a balanced person. And there's days when I am super professional and like put together, and there's other days where I could blend in with like anyone else. Like I really do enjoy that about myself and. I think it kind of, you know, it's just who I am. Like right. I, I don't fit into any one category. And that's something that I used to be really shy about. And now it's something that I love most about myself. So you never know what you're going to get. A few years ago, I, I had this quote that was, uh, some days I'm a superhero, some days I'm 
eating ice cream and drinking wine at midnight. Uh-huh, right. <laughs> and that was just who I was that yeah, time of my life. Yeah, absolutely. And that's who I was, and I honored myself every day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that's the challenge, right, is, is that, you know, just honoring yourself, mm-hmm. making sure that you're, you do self-care, but self-care doesn't mean like Gucci shoes and stuff like that. It's like we said earlier, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. you just want to chill and right. relax. Right. Sometimes it's about like giving ourselves the permission to right. do right. that. And that might be the bigger question. What constitutes permission for us to like relax and not finish our homework before we go out and play? Right. You know? Right. Yeah. And not beat yourself up for whatever it is that you feel like you fell down on Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because of whatever that past conditioning Mm -hmm. is or guilt that isn't even true. Right. Right. Absolutely. Isn't that amazing? Mm -hmm. Okay. So there's so many, we talk about stigma. you know, Robin brought up how difficult it is to, you know, just sometimes it's difficult, like in society, right, to change mm-hmm. like the norm or change like what's accepted or judgment and all those kinds of things. How would you approach that? Like how, say like you want to change the culture in an organization, mm-hmm. right? You, you change culture like every day, all day long. From an individual perspective, well, I think so, right? Like you I sit mean, in a group of people that have a culture mm-hmm. of addiction and you change that culture every day. By asking questions. So what questions do you ask to make the change? Oh my gosh, that's a really loaded question. I, I'm good at that. I, 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 um, I'm just a human being. I'm a human being who has had her own journey. I have experience. I have like some, we'll throw some education in there as well. But I really try to just connect with people and meet them where they're at. I don't know that I ask like, you know, million dollar questions that make people go, oh wow, like I never thought about that. Maybe I do, I don't know. I'm just utilizing information that people give me in order to ask questions. So before when I asked you why, it's because you gave me information and I was curious and I was like, well, why? Right. Right, so it wasn't like this, like we talked about like the show not being scripted. Like when I go into like my sessions, um, this has been a recent point of contention. I should have a little bit more of a script going on. (laughs) Um, but I typically don't, I like just having conversations with people. Um, my supervisor was just like, you don't have a plan when you go and do your sessions. I was like, nah, I was like, I just like talking to people. (laughs) So we actually had to like backtrack and talk about like why a framework is important. And I think I do have a framework like in my head, but in terms of like a written plan, in terms of what I'm going to do, not really. I have like loose topics that I will present to people and depending on where they're at in that moment, um, the conversation can go any which way. I don't think you can do scripted. So I worked, well, there's order, right? And I think there's a time and a place for it. So when I was a first responder, there's a there's a an order or a standard operating guideline for mm-hmm. certain things like questions you would ask, right? right. Um, or like with PD, there's a, there's a certain order in which you do things mm-hmm. for risk management mm-hmm. and legal and all right. that kind of stuff, right? right? But then also gathering information to gather data for your paperwork, et cetera, right? right? Making a report. At the same time, though, like to gather the information, I don't think you can have a script. Like you're saying, 
And even on the show, when we tried, you know, I would write down, sometimes I'd write down yeah. points that I wanted to cover mm -hmm. and it didn't work because then it came, came down to like, okay, here's number one, number two, number mm -hmm. three, number, you know what I'm saying? Like and the then you're not genuine anymore. Right. And, right. and I think that's where you miss that realness, I guess. I well, don't especially know if you're word. working with someone and you're trying to pull something out, I mm -hmm. guess, for mm -hmm. lack of a better term, is that organic conversation Absolutely. and that organic connection is where it's going to come from. Yeah, 1000%. I am a person who I pay less attention to the content of what we're talking about and more attention to the process of what's actually going on. So right now, the process here is that like we're just kind of hanging out, having like a good conversation and trying to learn. Mm -hmm. Everyone is like respectful and there's like a sense of like playfulness. Mm -hmm. That's the process. Um, and I would venture to say in some ways it's very like healing for us because did we always have this in our professional lives and our personal lives, right? Like we are learning how to re-experience people with every single interaction that we right. have. Yeah, for sure. And, and we know we've talked a bunch of times about just our process from start to do this show, mm -hmm. the process of being able to be in a facility like this, number mm -hmm. one, but then also the process of the content and then our own personal lives, right. like where we've come from to get to where we're at now, right? you know, right. and that's a, that's a big deal. See, so then, you know, you pose the question, why to that, uh -huh. right? Like, uh -huh. why are we all here? Right. It's, and I think for me, it's because I wouldn't want anybody to feel like I felt for so long, right? right. Like that's why right. I share. That's right. my why. Right. And I think Shelly's the same way. Mm-hmm. You know, and then right. so so then you ask the question like, what's what's your why? Like, tell us about your why. Like, why, why do you work so hard to help people? <clears throat> Again, loaded question, a good one. Um, I think the simple answer is that I'm passionate about it, but I'm also really curious. I remember when I first figured out I wanted to learn about people. I was, someone asked me to do something and I didn't understand the why behind it. And so I proceeded forward and I engaged with what they wanted me to do. And I was just like, but why, why am I doing this? This isn't something I really wanna do. Mm -hmm. And I was very young too. I was probably about like 12 or 13 when it happened. And I remember telling myself I wanted to be a mind reader when I got older because I wanted to understand the intricacies of like the human mind and understand why. And so I just remember that moment really clearly. I was like, I'm going to learn why. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to learn how to read people's minds. And then I went on my journey. I went through multiple different majors in school. Um, I met some really great people. I have a lot of mentors. And ultimately, at the end of the day, um, therapy is what I decided to do. And it mostly aligned with the why, like getting into the human mind, understanding why we do what we do um, or not. And sometimes it's not always about the why, it's about the process of understanding it. Um, something I say, and Eric has heard me say this a million times, is my belief is that our progress is in the process. It's about changing the approach. If we want a different outcome, we have to take a different approach. Mm -hmm. Explain that a little bit. And let's, let's, like explain it, but then apply it. Like I think the biggest 
thing that I see on a regular basis is our culture, right? Mm -hmm. Our culture within the community, number one, but our culture generally as a whole, right? You know, like there's a lot of judgment. There's mm -hmm. a lot of like, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to say like bowing up, mm -hmm. but especially like, I don't know. How, I don't know how to explain it. It seems like people are always somewhat trying to compete, right? Like on social media and all that kind of stuff. It's never like an acceptance. It's, mm -hmm. it's not never. It's normally not an acceptance. Right. Same thing when we talked about, I used that example earlier about if you do like a critical incident debrief, it doesn't mm -hmm. work in a group. Right. 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 That's my own belief and judgment from my own experience. Mm -hmm. It may very well work in a group if you're in the right setting and you have the right process. Don't forget, you also talked about like your first time at Pinnacle Peak, right? Yeah. And you were in a group setting. You were just like, hey, that was the first time I felt this way in a group setting. And I asked you why. Right. Right. And you just said, like, previously in other group settings, you didn't feel a certain way. And it's, it's, it's about the environment. It is about the environment that we create and having intentionality behind it. That, that, that example, though, has to do with what you have to lose and what you have to gain mm -hmm. sitting there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And obviously, in one scenario, you had everything to lose. And then when you're with, at, at Pinnacle, you have everything, everything to, gain. to gain. Right. So that's a huge difference. There's a, it's a big, there's a delta in there, right? Right, right. So, so then here's my next question. Okay. When we talk about society and we talk about culture and we mm -hmm. talk about like larger organizations, mm -hmm. corporations or whatever, there's, there's culture in those corporate, in, in those environments, all those environments, some are good, some are bad. Mm -hmm. And when I say bad, like unhealthy, maybe unproductive. Fear-based. Fear based. Ooh, that's a good one. Fear based, right? Very corporate. Like, there's so much shit that's fear based. Even relig some religion is fear based. Like, mm -hmm. I went to church the other day mm -hmm. for the first time, like, in for I don't know how long. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't know if I've ever really been to church. But, anyways, so I go and it was super fear based. Mm. Nothing, I'm not judging or critiquing right, it. I'm just sure. saying that that's the feeling I got. Like, right. hey, if you don't do this, then this is going to happen. Or if you don't do this, then this is going to happen. And that's not really like light or angelic to me. Right. I don't want to get off Judgmental. on a tangent. But, it, there was a lot of judgment even in that space. Well, I'm going to go back to the conversation we had earlier where it was about your values. So if you feel like you are emotionally unsafe, why is that? What meaning and value did you assign to mm, certain... That's good because he wasn't getting gratitude, truthfulness. What was your third one? Oh, yeah. Oh. Wow. Clarity, yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's the why. It didn't line, I see what it didn't line up with So your there's values. the why right there. Oh, the, wow. the answer is the why. That's cool, huh? Mm -hmm. Okay, so then to change to change an environment, mm -hmm. right? Like I think we have a really good culture within the team. Mm -hmm. I think we have a good culture, and Erica's going to have to say yes because I pay him. But but I think I truly believe that we do. We I truly believe that we do because it's safe. Okay. Right. And and it's it's not a reactionary environment. It's a it's a why environment. Okay. Right. Like so. If I spill my cup, mm -hmm. it's not that I spilled my cup. It's like why? Right. Like what happened? Right. Right. So can I ask you a question? Of course. How did you create this safe environment? What was your thought process going into it? Behavior. I changed my behavior, and I also ensured. Not ensured, not in a controlling way, but kind of in a controlling way. That the first thing, one of the first things I say is, hey, we don't do drama, mm -hmm. right? That's mm -hmm. the first thing I say. We don't do drama. Okay, hold and on. I'm going to pick on you for a minute. Okay, do it. 
why is that important to you? Why is that a value that you choose to instill in your company culture? Because it it's a it's a safety issue. And why is safety important? I'm, I'm gonna like so, rip the bandaid so off. So like, safety is important for a number of reasons, right? Mm-hmm. Like one of the reasons why is because what we what we do, you can get killed doing right, it. Right. Um, but the other thing is it's the mindset, right? Mm-hmm. Like if I say, hey, if if you can't get along with your coworkers and you can't manage your life mm-hmm. and you can't be safe and you can't function right. productively right. in this environment, which right. can impact all the other people that work here. How did you know to do that? From this stuff. From this stuff, okay. From mental health, from counseling, okay. from, yeah. from trying to be as healthy as I can be and also understanding like, you know, in the fire service, when people are contagious mm-hmm. or toxic, mm-hmm. that's the toxic is contagious. Like Uh, it flows. It's like a disease almost, right? right? Like a bacteria in the water. That's what I was going to mention was part of it is knowing what you don't want. Right. Right. So what part of where you were and what you don't want led you to what you do want. Right. And that's, uh, that's the part. It's almost like a risk mitigation, Mm -hmm. right? Like if Mm -hmm. we can't be present and we're so worried about our internal struggles mm-hmm. in the organization right. or conflict, mm-hmm. then how could you focus on being present and mm-hmm. doing right. the task at hand? Right, absolutely. But then also not having that support and and being in like that fear-based mode. I don't think we I don't think that living in that fear-based mode is a is a good thing. That's the zebra running from the lion all the time. Right. Right? If you're like if you're constantly in that place you're not going to get anything done. You're not going to enjoy anything you're doing. I asked you, why was that important to you? How did that become of value to you? It's because of your experience. It's because of your own journey and things that you've done. You've gone through therapy. You're evolving as a human being. And when we are stagnant, we often numb ourselves or we react to something. But when we are dynamic and we're moving and we're progressing, I think there's this very natural occurrence that happens where we are learning from our environment. The environment is informing us of what makes us feel safe. And so now we are responding to the environment where we perpetuate that feeling of sure. like safety. And then each shift makes it feels better mm-hmm. and you want to respond and you want to level up yeah. and it's just Absolutely. a continuum. So. Yeah. So in like so, how would you apply? I, I mean, I I understand that mental health is massive, right? Mm-hmm. Like mental health is is the key. Right. Your mental state is key to everything Absolutely. in life. But to to improve the productivity or like apply that to a business setting, like it can is can you use the same principles? <clears throat> I'm not sure how far in you want me to 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 delve, right? My belief, and I don't necessarily have like evidence to support this right now, but if you look at how businesses were developed in the United States, it is mostly by white, hetero, cis men. So most of the, the company culture comes from that place, um, from a place of, I'm going to venture to say, possible entitlement, possible oppression, and I'm not saying it's even done in an intentional way. When we decide to grow and to develop, it's about us being uncomfortable. It's about you know receiving feedback from employees saying, hey, this may have, you know, maybe we could have done something different, something better. 
And for the people in charge, right, and I always use air quotes when I talk about being in charge, it's about being safe enough within yourself and willing to accept feedback. And that's vulnerability, you know, and I'm going to, I'll give my organization a shout out right now. They are probably one of the healthiest organizations I've ever worked for. Um, both of the owners are incredibly humble people and they utilize um, an operating system that holds everyone in the company accountable. And we have regulatory meetings where we are constantly looking at who's doing what. Is this the best fit for the company for this position? Um, how are you accountable in this situation? I had a role in it. You had a role in it. Let's talk about that. So it's really, you know, I believe it starts at the top with people and having the willingness to learn to be uncomfortable, to be vulnerable. Because when we have people leading like that, people who are working for any organization or who follow, you know, any, any entity, they're going to just be like, okay, I feel good here. I feel safe. I feel like I can grow and learn and expand. I'm not restricted. I'm not confined. I'm not doing something against my moral code. I think to help answer that question, though, Scott, too, um, I spent about 20 years in corporate America mm -hmm. with Fortune 100, Fortune 200 companies, massive national companies, mm -hmm. international, actually. And they each had their own culture. Mm -hmm. Both were, one was very family oriented is right, what it felt like, right. a big family. Um, you know, it was started in the 20s. The other was, um, I don't know when it started, but it was very fear-based. Everyone mm -hmm. was afraid yep. they were going to lose their job. They would stay in the parking lot until their boss left. Then mm -hmm. they would leave. Then they would leave. And then, you know, it was, it was very fear-based. Mm -hmm. But um, just knowing what that was like and knowing that every year or every six months, there was a 360 feedback survey. Mm -hmm. You did a survey on your boss. You did a survey on how you felt things were in the company as a whole, right. those kinds of things. All that information was taken in. But to try to turn any kind of culture around or to try to take in all that information and make any small change was mm -hmm. like turning a battleship in, mm -hmm. in a, right. forget the ocean, yeah. it, you know, it was like a lake or something, right. you know, right. it was like not even possible. Right. But knowing what those environments were like mm -hmm. and just knowing what would have, it would have taken. And I was at one of the, one of the companies for 17 years and having seen those changes mm -hmm. and as they made some changes, right. and that was the family environment company, um, just having seen some of those changes, there's a lot of fallout with people because oh, yeah. people get so locked in mm -hmm. to what they expect right. mm -hmm. and their lives become habitually dependent upon yes. what the company's going to provide and what they emotionally expect mm -hmm. so that when shifts start, then culture starts to fall apart, mm -hmm. which they're trying to create a new, right. better culture. Right. But to the people who have been there for decades or mm -hmm. 10 years, whatever, right, right. it's negative. Mm -hmm. So it's fascinating what it does sociologically. It does. And emotionally. It does. And I think it's about getting back to basics. So if we are going to, if you're starting a company and this is the vision going in, awesome. And if we're changing something, I think we need to have more conversations about that and like remember that we're in it together mm -hmm. and to ask for feedback and to be held accountable. And I think creating safety is the key to getting people's buy-in mm -hmm. in order to facilitate that shift in like company or cultural perspective. Mm -hmm. And so in that company and cultural perspective, the, the 
employee benefit or the team benefit. Mm -hmm. If you have a healthy home life, you're gonna have a healthy work life, generally. If you have a healthy work life, it helps with your home life. Like it's, your relationships are interchangeable, it seems to me. So. I'm not saying if you have a healthy say, work life, you're gonna have a healthy marriage like a or whatever. Well, right, you know what I'm saying is, is like if you have a toxic boss, say, that's gonna affect your life Absolutely. at home too, 1, right? Because you carry that. It almost makes it a habit because some of us versa. spend more time at work yeah. than we do at home, mm -hmm. right? So, I mean, that's a big deal. And then I think, you know, like that co the COVID changed everything. Mm -hmm. Now more people are working from home and it changed like their their family dynamic, sure. and, yeah. which changed the work dynamic, mm -hmm. which, you know, there's so many changes in that platform. So like the mental health aspect is huge, yeah. Yeah. right? And I think that's a piece that, that we're missing. Right, you know, right, 1,000%. The longevity or... Um, or, or we trade, like we trade like, okay, maybe it's further to drive to this job than it is another job. Right. So you trade jobs because of the yeah. drive yeah. when really you're like, wait a second, what am I trading here? Right. You know what I'm saying? Uh -huh. Or for money. Like I think money, I truly believe money is a bandaid. Mm -hmm. So like if you could make, you know, 20 grand here and 10 grand here, you're going to go work for the 20 grand. Well, it's not worth it if you're in a shitty environment. Right, right? 1,000%. Like you never make a decision based on money. That's not a good idea. I actually, I ended up where I'm at right now because the previous work environment was so toxic and I was experiencing like physiological symptoms and I was just like, I am done. It got to a point where I didn't, I was concerned about money, but not to the point where it kept me where I was at. Mm -hmm. um, and I was just like, this does not feel good. And I'm done. I need to be done. And one of the first questions I asked the person who interviewed me, I said, so, you know, I don't remember the question, but I do remember telling him, I was like, I want to come home. Like, I want to feel like I'm amongst family. Mm -hmm. um, and in my opinion, listen, everywhere has its, its stuff, right? right? Sure. However, I will say that what I see being modeled at the top level is one of like safety and security and autonomy, right? Like we're constantly being asked for feedback. It's about vulnerability. And to me, that does have like a family feel. It has something like, I'm not looking for like another job. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just like, yeah, like I love my team. Like we laugh a lot. We have a lot of fun. Um, What's that worth, right? Everything. It's everything. everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's worth everything. Yeah. Truly. Right. You know, and and it's interesting to me because I'm just like, how come all organizations don't operate like this? Right? Like, um Because I think let me answer that question. Okay. Let me just take a stab yeah. at it, is because it goes back to our culture, like you said, mm -hmm. is more bound on drama. Mm -hmm. Like we can bond on hating something or Absolutely. someone way more than we could on being positive and mm -hmm. not having any drama, mm -hmm. right? We It's so easy to bond on, oh, that person's a mother mm -hmm. or look at this or whatever. Well, think versus... about like when we're like, when we're bonding, it's a trauma bond mm -hmm. over like negative, you know, like, oh, like I'm gonna gossip about this person why do we do that and it's usually because we feel pretty empty inside right right like that drama is like feeding us in some way mm -hmm. and like deflecting us from our own sense of self like what are we lacking um i think part of that is maturity i think it comes with with life experience with age um and i think it comes with what are we seeking out you know, are we wanting to stay in like this negative place? Are we fed by negativity or do we want to experience something that 
helps us to feel good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you decide every day, mm-hmm. right? You choose that every mm-hmm. day. And then, you know, so then we go back to the choice. We do go back to that choice. We said every day you can wake up and be different and choose light or dark. And that's, um, I think that's something that you're doing at work too. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But I do think that they're interchangeable. I think that all your relationships are interchangeable, including your friendships. Absolutely. You know, because if, if you have healthy people around you in all aspects of your life, then you're going to be healthy. This is it, true. You, but like, we also like grow. Right. We also grow. Like, we might also, like, dr- like, quote, drop people along right. the way. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, people who no longer fit into right. our worldview mm-hmm. of, like, this is who I am. Um, and that's okay. Right. That is okay. It can be. Because you can evolve. It doesn't mean they're evolve. bad. We evolve. It doesn't mean that they're bad. It just yeah. means like we might see something different and that is okay. And I know like just speaking for myself at one point in my life, I would have been so offended by that. And I'm at the point now where I'm just like, I don't care. I understand it and I respect it. And I'm able to say that today because I'm okay with who I am because I've done so much work on myself. Right. Right. Which was no accident. Right. Right. And, and it goes back to, to, I know I've said this hundreds of times and even with Shelly that the friends, the people that are close to me now in my life are mm-hmm. much different than they were right. five years ago, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Or 10 years ago. Right. And even like when you change six relationships to your partners or six months ago, things change big time. Mm-hmm. And you, you start to reflect back and you're like, oh my gosh, I mm-hmm. can't believe. Right. Mm-hmm. Not that they, they were bad. But I can't believe I let myself behave like that. One thousand percent. And and you always take responsibility for the things that happen in your life. It's never their fault. And, mm-hmm. I, and I'll, here's a funny example. This is actually a funny example. A friend of mine is getting going through a divorce, uh-huh. and oh, she's a da 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 on 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 on. And finally, I said, "Well, what did you do?" And then it, and then it's like, "Oh my God, wait a yeah. second. Yeah, what right? was your role in it? Yeah, because you have a role in it. And one thousand percent, even if it's just." Being passive, people often mistake, like, if someone's Passivity passive, for good. Right. Yes. Like, they're just like, oh, I didn't the have a guy. role in it. And I'm just like, yeah, you did. It's like, no, I didn't yeah, do anything. Yeah. Like, yeah, you did. You didn't you have a role in yourself. every situation, yeah. right? 1,000%. And here's the other thing, too, is, like, when you look at toxic, like you said you had a toxic, and I'm not, I would never, because you're smart. Like, you'll kick my ass in the intelligence part. I have but, really big heels on, too. But I know. But I'm going <laughs> to challenge you, because you said that you were in a toxic work environment. Well, uh-huh. why? Were you toxic? why did you allow that to happen to you yeah so i yeah i don't want to throw any company names out there but i was with an organization for 12 years and it was one of the first um it was really for all intents and purposes the first job i had when i moved out here now when i moved out here i was so so homesick and i didn't want to be out here and i was like fine i guess i have to do this like i was like grouchy and grumpy and really trying to like Yeah, victim mindset for sure. And I was trying to find something that like meshed well with me. And I happened to find this place where I could blend my hobbies. And I jumped in and I loved it for a really long time. It had its drama. It had its its ups and downs. But I loved it. Loved it, loved it for a long time. Now, listen, my immediate team was great. Management, questionable. So as this moved forward, right? Um, New management came on board. And I spent my last two and a half years there trying to buy in to, and this goes back to what you were talking about, Mm -hmm. buy into the the shift in the company. 
and I wasn't having it. And I can't tell. And I and it took me two and a half years because I was like, am I being too sensitive? Like, am I just stuck right now? Right. Like really taking a look at myself, my role in this. Mm-hmm. And it got to a point where I decided my values were misaligned with the company and the direction in which it was headed. So I think Eric knows this story. He's heard it plenty of times. Once again, I can't share it on on TV. Um, but it, I ended there in not a healthy way. It involved many ugly words and um, property destruction. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, Sometimes that's what it comes to. But Probably I, because you stayed too long, though. I stayed too long. I was so resentful. Yes. And it had been building for two and a half years. Right. And I told people the other day, I was just like, I don't know if I would have done anything different. Right. You know, if I could go back and change that day, would I have done something different? My answer is probably not because I don't feel like the people on the other end were hearing me or seeing me. Well, plus you did the best you could. I did the best I could time, in that moment the with the in knowledge moment, and resources. Right. Exactly. So I moved on right. to another another job which I stayed at for seven months because that one was, I, I don't that have a rebound job. That was the rebound job. <laughs> so I, I, wanna, I don't want to interrupt you, but I do want to say something. And this is truth is that people are in a place for a reason. And sometimes mm-hmm. things end. It's not all in our control. Yeah. Right. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like sometimes things dramatic, like you just said, like mm-hmm. we're human beings and we make mistakes mm-hmm. and whatever, but sometimes those dramatic things have to happen. So you can completely end it. For sure. And then and like, just detach. It's and like, like a I'm relationship done. too, yeah. is when right. you stay too long, mm-hmm. you get past that shelf life, mm-hmm. you know? Right. And and obviously it's going to turn but, sour. But now right? but like now milk. I go back to this romantic and I know you hate this, but like I have this like romantic giant heart that mm-hmm. I think you can fix anything. Mm-hmm. I truly do. I think I think that if there's two people that choose, you're gonna succeed. You'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. I truly believe that. Right, like if you're accountable and you can have a, you can communicate. Don't smile, and you can communicate, <laughs> and you can stop it, and you can, and you can like, I just think that you can do it. I think if two people choose, then you can do it. Like I just think you can. And like that's what maybe I believe. That, maybe that's true, and and I think there would be a lot of people who agree with that, and I also think there would be people who had whose life experiences have dictated otherwise to I them. think that's where but my then, smile's they would coming say, from. But then, they would say no. Stop smiling. But then... No, that's where <laughs> now my, you're laughing at. That's no, where my funny. smile comes no, from. No, because it's, here's the thing. Like, if their life, if their experience was different, then I believe that, uh-huh. they, that those two people didn't choose. One person chose, one person didn't. Or maybe one person chose something well, else. But the difference Or whatever. Too, but if you choose the relationship, you, you can succeed. But I even think. the person who didn't choose did their best at choosing. Right. Okay, that's me. So sense. that was their version of choosing? You're killing my romance thing. <laughs> you can still be a romantic. We'll let you have that. You, you still can be. You oh, can I'm going to be a romantic You can forever. be a romantic. I'm just saying. I think it comes Say down to values. Want. Like, how do you, in, like, if you're looking at a relationship, where do you prioritize the relationship? You know? Well, how much effort? Yeah. How like, much effort? But again. it's like, I don't, I think there needs to be more conversations around what we want relationships to look like. Like, I used to be married, and I'll tell you that, like, I still have so much admiration and respect for my ex-husband. He is a great person. I would tell anyone to be friends with him. The relationship we had didn't work. I was very young when we got together. We both brought a lot of baggage. I think in our heads, we both committed to the relationship. However, 
there are different life experiences that we both had prior to the relationship, during the relationship, and we ended up wanting different things, and that is okay. Um, I no, see I'm lots just, of smiling. I'm just laughing. Going back no, I'm laughing as you're here. saying this because I, I had this awareness yesterday that we don't have relationship problems. We have problems we bring to a relationship, For sure. and that's what creates the problems. Absolutely. If we don't take care of it, we, I didn't prioritize my relationship. Yeah. He and I were both very ambitious people, and we were out pursuing degrees, credentials, education, um, things to acquire financial stability. Um, and I, at the end of the day, I think we were both really speaking for myself. I think I was depleted. I was tired. I didn't have time or energy to give to my spouse, to my spouse, be a partner, taking him for granted, thinking he'll always be there. Right. That, that was my role in it. And I don't want to speak for him and I won't, but I, I can make an assumption that it was similar. So then you go back to not choosing, but I don't think the choice was necessarily, and like, I don't know that there was an awareness around it. I think right. we thought we were right, choosing. Right, right. Yep, I agree. And, and that's the key. Yeah. Like when you have the tools, uh -huh. like if you have the tools that you had now, you maybe two things probably would have happened, I bet. And I'm guessing, actually, I'm pretty sure you would either not be with that person Correct. or you'd be successful. Correct. I think. Because you have like tools now to communicate and you have tools to be like, hey, here's I think my we goals. Would, I think here's we wouldn't be together. Huh? I think we wouldn't be together. Right. Right. We, like we I wouldn't, wouldn't have chosen, and I'm not going to say, this, that's incredibly insulting. I, I think I would have chosen different if if I was back then who I am now and I had the For tools sure. I have now. For sure. And I didn't have trauma and things like that. I, I yeah. would choose differently. Right? I Yeah, I agree with that. And my ex-husband, he's a phenomenal person. And because of like, we were so young when we got together. We were mirroring where we were both at, um, meeting each other's, you know, needs and in ways we didn't even realize. And those needs came from a place, in my opinion, from a place of brokenness, from a place of trauma, from a place of drama, like mm -hmm. we were talking about mm -hmm. earlier. Yep. Mm -hmm. You can't and without give love realizing if you don't have it. Love. Right. Yeah. But thinking that we had it. So, well, yeah, right? Because right. you didn't have the tools you to really be honest you know, and be right? present. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Okay, so now we go back to this thing. So I'm going to bring us back to the relationship, the work, the friends, all those things, mm -hmm. right? And if, if you're in a place where you're not in lack, mm -hmm. meaning that, you know, you're not desperate for money, you don't have to have a job. You're not you're desperate in a place, for a person. Correct. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Then you can choose more wisely, mm -hmm. right? Like you could look at this, well, I'll just use this as an example. Like we fit here. Right. Robin may disagree, but we fit here. Mm -hmm. Like the energy is the same. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The the environment is good. It's healthy. It's bright. It's professional. Right. But at the same time, we can screw around. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. It's super, super good. Like this is where we're supposed to be. Right. But we chose it not. We chose it. And I think they somewhat chose us right. too. Right. Right. And, and that's that's where I get into this like relationship thing and where you choose to work. Like if you sit there and you actually ask yourself a question, like does this environment, is this conducive to my happiness? Right. Like is this gonna be good for me as an individual? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then, holy shit, if we said the same thing about somebody that we date, mm -hmm. like is this person good for me? Absolutely. Is this gonna be good for me? Do, do our goals align? But nobody asks those questions. They don't. So they that's don't. my point, like that's, what are you smiling at? I'm, I'm listening. It's good, huh? <laughs> 
Should I keep There's going? Like, no, oh, serious. Like our like, subconscious is seeking out. what I've been doing like, for two months. Yeah, like our, <laughs> I got that. Like our subconscious is like. No, I'm not. I'm there having conversations. She's having conversations. I'm having conversations. She's Whatever. adhering to a 50-hour rule. Being very wise. She already broke the 50-hour rule. Well, she acquired her 50 hours. Okay, got it. I got my card. Keep going. Okay. <laughs> In terms of relationships, when they seem to like repeat themselves. <laughs> I'm paying attention. Are you? Yes. What did I just say? You said in the relationships where they tend to repeat themselves. Yes. When they tend to repeat themselves and when we find ourselves in like, oh my gosh, why is this happening to me? What did you bring? Right? You're probably subconsciously seeking out something that's familiar. Doesn't mean it's healthy, but it's familiar. Or a reflection of what you need to work on. Absolutely. Say that again. What did you bring? Say that again. That was good. I don't that's remember. You're going to have to point. hit the playback button. Well, she said, what did, what did you bring to the relationship? That's my point, though. See, that's that accountability thing, mm -hmm. right? That's the why. Mm -hmm. Like, why is this happening? Shit doesn't happen to you right. because it happens to right. you. There's a for reason. Mm -hmm. Well, it happens for you, yes. Right. But you also bring in things like you're just saying, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You made a choice or you put yourself in a situation or you brought things that would contribute to the relationship in a right. good or a bad way. Right. Right. right based on what you're reflecting like mm -hmm. you're you're almost like a mirror image sometimes one, yep right like i'm so amazing anybody that's going to date me is going to be amazing right right and but here's the thing i think that's a good <laughs> mindset to that's have. a good bullshit huh Shut it's up, not but i don't think it's bullshit i think that i think we joke about that i think that's the key i think it is being so confident and just being like yeah mm -hmm. i'm amazing mm -hmm. why wouldn't someone want to be with me right. that's how i look at it i'm like why wouldn't someone want right be with exactly me? Right, and that's like that. We should like, all be married right now. Says, not all of us together. Who says anybody wants saying. to be married? <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's a big step. <laughs> a big no, step. man, that's like the hopeless romantic stuff, though, right? Like Probably. If, yes. If you're in a healthy mindset, like you're going to have a healthy life. Yes. Like, and you can be. Agreed. You can choose joy. Right. Right. Agreed. And you let go of the drama and all the right. shit that we just talked right. about. Agree. And there's not going to be a sense of urgency behind, like, getting married or like finding a person because right. you're going to feel so good with yourself that you're not like constantly like seeking from a place of desperation so when something someone comes along it's going to fit into your value system right like you're going to have shared values mm -hmm. because if you're think about this like if you are feeling not put together and you're seeking external validation from another person you're likely coming from a place of desperation you're going to settle for whatever you can get mm -hmm. Right. And so you'll get, you'll get exactly what you're looking for. Yeah. Or, or you'll set up, you'll set, you'll do the trophy thing, right? You'll do the ego thing. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? That mm -hmm. that's another place. Like if you're not in a good mindset, if you're mm -hmm. not in a healthy place, then you might be with somebody that may not be good for you, but they look good for you. <laughs> you know what I'm right, saying? Right. Or you create a fantasy. Mm -hmm. So there's that other piece too. Um, I'm just, I'm just going to generalize it, but people that are unhealthy can also be in a relationship where they see a fantasy. They don't actually see the real person because they don't want to look and be present and mm -hmm. admit, mm -hmm. right? Hence, they see what they want. Addictions and all those other things, right. right? And that's a that's a big big denial. Thing. It's denial. denial. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's like, like a dude, delusional thought process. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I have to say this. This is this this is one of these epiphany things that happened to me on this trip. Okay. So I'm sitting at a bar. Mm -hmm. Go figure. And uh, I know. And there's this guy sitting there, and this bar is full. And it empties out. It's lunchtime. So now it's like 1 o'clock, 1.30 or whatever. The bar empties out. There's this guy. And he's like, hey, I got to tell you something. 
And I said, oh, okay, well, tell me. And I like put all my stuff aside, right? And I'm like, okay, tell me. And he goes, my name's Frank. And I was like, oh, that was it? You're like kind of kidding, right? I was like, oh, I'm Scott. Nice to meet you. And he goes, I think I have to tell you this. And I was like, okay, Frank, tell me. And he says, um, he was in Vietnam and he was a pilot. And he said that in flight school, mm -hmm. they taught him the most important lesson that he's ever learned and it saved his life. And, they, and he said, they told me it would save my life. And he said that it was a lesson in perception and fantasy versus reality. Yes. Mm -hmm. And what he taught me, or what he told me was, and it was so impactful, it made so much sense as this. So he's flying his plane, it's at night in the fog. And he feels like he's flying straight and true. Everything's cool. Mm -hmm. He looks at his instruments and he's in a dive, mm -hmm. hard bank to the left. And he's like, bullshit, I'm flying straight, I'm mm -hmm. flying true. Mm -hmm. But he looks at his instruments and he's like, mm -mm, that's not what they're saying. And the lesson that he learned in this flight school was that you have to look at the data Mm -hmm. You can't live in the fantasy. Mm. So once he acknowledged the data, right. he corrects the aircraft, mm -hmm. pulls it level, and he was 100 feet from the ground. Wow. Wow. And that was his message to me. Wow. And I was like, okay, who's that? Yeah. Right? This guy doesn't pull this shit out of his butt yeah. at a bar. Yeah. Like he told me for a reason. Yeah. And that was the reason. He was like, look at the data. Right? Like watch what's happening around you. Be present. Be mm -hmm. present in your relationship with your friendships in your business. Like, be present. Look at the data. Why do you think he chose to share with you? I think, I think it's like, it's divine. Okay. I honestly do. Yeah. Like, why would he do, why right. would that just randomly come out in Pensacola, Florida in right. a bar? Right. 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 So that's where, that's where, like, I think you have to have faith. Like, mm -hmm. you have to understand and be present enough to recognize when somebody's telling you something, like mm -hmm. they're telling you for a reason. And be open. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you have to be open to that stuff, right? I'm not going to preach and get all, you know, whatever. But, I, but to be present and be in that space, mm -hmm. to understand that and actually listen to my friend right. Frank, right. like that's a big deal, yeah. mm -hmm. right? But, but you're that also in a place, powerful. You're in a place to hear it and to receive it as powerful. Your perception is that his story was powerful. Right. If it was anyone else, they may have, been, they may have blown him off. And, and you know, the other thing too is that, and I go back to that, and you, you can't, not acknowledge you don't mm -hmm. have to necessarily believe but you can't mm -hmm. not acknowledge like eric right mm -hmm. so i wouldn't have met you if it wasn't for eric right you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. like we wouldn't be here right if it wasn't you know what i'm saying like so many One. things had to happen in a line for us to get to mm -hmm. where we're at right here mm -hmm. like you have to have some sort of faith. at least acknowledge the faith right right, right. right. at least acknowledge that it exists right. um but then also putting yourself in a place of healthy mm -hmm. so yeah I'm off my soapbox now. That was my message. Why are you smiling? It wasn't a soapbox. Shelly has a beautiful smile. I she think. does. She yeah. She's I think that smiling. you should just like. She's like laughing. Remind her. <laughs> you to know what? Smile more. You know what I think she actually does is I think she kind of laughs because she's like, dude, I told you this like three months ago, and now you're finally getting it. She probably did. No, I'm sure she did. I'm but sure you're a guy, so. Oh. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's totally true. Now, everybody's smiling. Isn't this nice? All the girls are smiling. I just smiling. want to apologize to all the don't, men. Don't the men listening. <laughs> yeah. No, but it's true, right? It's sometimes... Here's another thing, too, that I want to ask you. Yeah. Is that you, we, we talked about you can't help somebody unless they ask to be helped. Yes. You also can't tell somebody something until they're ready. Like, you, you can can't tell expect, them. You they can tell them, you. but sometimes it doesn't register for a little while. Like, I know we're joking, but somewhat right. serious. Like, men don't process as fast as women. We're just, I don't think well, men are smart as women. They process differently. We process differently, right? I like, mean, men are from like, Venus, whatever. Right, right. Do you remember the Scud missiles from 1992? <sighs> Does no. anybody remember that? No. Okay. <laughs> I was only 10. Sorry. 
Um, it was from the Afghanistan War. So there were Scud missiles that would <laughs> go into the ground and then just sit there. Right. And then it would be a while, and then it would go, Pow! Well, that's what happens sometimes in men's brains with mm. thoughts that we plant. He's shaking his head yes. Right? But it takes a while, and then Pow! it detonates. Sorry. Yeah, no, that's a great analogy. Good analogy. They're a little slow to the race. Yes. Thanks, Robin. <laughs> Seriously. Uh-huh. No, I'm sorry. I mean, okay. not that's slow. Fair. It just has to sit there. Yeah. And it, at the right time, it's, it I think that's I mean, the, I mean, like, people register information differently. Mm-hmm. And, well, and if you bring that, if you, we circle that back to mental health, mm-hmm. I, I know we're joking somewhat, right? Mm-hmm. But if you circle that back to mental health, it can't go unless you're in a good place right? to re- even okay. recognize it. Well, I mean, is it a good place or a place of desperation? Or is it a place of need or is it a place of awareness? Right. Either way, there does need to be a willingness mm-hmm. on the other end. Like I can push someone to do something and try to motivate them. But if they're not willing to do the work, I, I can't do the work for you. I'm just right. here to provide information and hold space for you. And maybe pray for you and I'll meditate with you, right? But I can't make you do the work. I can't tell you how many people sit in my office and they're like, Tiffany, I want something different. And I'm like, great, let me give you homework, right? And then next session, I'm hearing a lot of complaining. I'm hearing a lot of victim mindset, which is fine. We all have to start somewhere. Mm -hmm. We've all been there. But it's like, why are you choosing to not do the homework? Why are you choosing to stay stuck and that's what the conversation becomes because it's okay if you need to stay stuck it's serving a purpose for you so if people are not wanting to change that's okay make it a safe conversation and you will when you're ready i asked the question one time to a therapist of mine and i said you know how do you do this every day like doesn't this isn't this draining and she said no it's actually not because mm-hmm. if you work with people that want to help themselves it doesn't take effort it actually fills you back up right right because you have a success and a almost like an achievement mm-hmm. at the end of a session and you get that energy back like nobody's taking energy from you they're like it's like an even exchange right like right. i want to heal you're super smart and you can help me right like it's and that fills you up but it also fills me up because i'm healing and right. i never really realized that before but that's like in every relationship mm-hmm Right? Yeah, it's there's like, like this if you're feeling drained, that's probably not a good plan. We've done groups before on, you know, what rejuvenates you versus what depletes you, right? So what's giving to you, what's nurturing to you, versus what's taking away from you, and it's a it's a self inventory, right? You have to kind of decide for yourself: is this relationship giving to me? Do I feel good, or is it depleting me? And it might be in the form of you know mental emotional spiritual energy like a depletion like all mm-hmm. of your resources are gone energy vampires. because like you don't want to rock the boat you don't want to stand up for yourself or you're just like hey that doesn't feel good to me don't talk to me that way mm-hmm. right which goes back to the whole idea of like coming home to yourself mm-hmm. seeing hearing valuing and desiring yourself that is in my opinion the cornerstone of a healthy relationship. When people, when you take people, they can provide those things for themselves. They can then give it to the other person. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I don't know what else we yeah. say. No, I was going to say, and then the question becomes, why do we allow some people to do that and others, we don't allow it. We draw boundaries with some and not others right. when we feel the same. Right. 
That's right. that's been an interesting awareness right. for me lately. And I I would say like look at the environment. What's mm-hmm. at stake? Mm-hmm. You know what are they triggering? What are they triggering? Mm-hmm. Is this a work environment? Is this right. a personal relationship? Right. So many people have an easier time at work than in their personal life. Absolutely. Well, because there's structure at work, right? There's right. also rules. Mm-hmm. Like you can't. Yep. Right. You there's some there's certain things that you can do and not do at work, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That brings up an interesting point too. I always use that example of okay, so every day. You get up for work and you take a shower and you get dressed and you put on some clothes and you go to work and you show up on time and you're engaged and you're ready generally. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if you do that every day for a relationship, why can you be successful? Because as soon as when you stop doing that for work, right, you're going to get fired or yeah, you, you know what I'm saying? They demote you or whatever. You're going to get written up. Right. Being, That's right. the same thing. Right. You know, it's the right. same thing. And then I think too that it's somewhat, and I always get in trouble for saying this, but I do it anyways. It's somewhat of a contract, right? Like if, if you're, you know, you have integrity and you're grateful and philanthropic and you can communicate well. And then five years down the road, you, you're not philanthropic and you're not grateful and you don't communicate anymore. Well, that's kind of like a breach of contract. You know what well, I mean? Well, it is. And it's just like, like... That's not fair. I think one of the questions you ask is, why can we do this in work but not in relationships? At work, you're typically going to know the direction of the company and the agenda. Mm. Are we checking in with each other in our relationships? I think there's mm-hmm. an assumption that we're doing X, Y, and Z, that we're headed in X, Y, and Z place. That might be my perception, but is that what's happening? Is that the other person's perception? Right. So going back to that communicative piece, are we communicating? Are we checking in? Are we asking each other questions right. um, about... Like what's the goal? Yeah. Should I never did that? I don't know if I've yeah. ever done that. Are we truthful? Yeah. Like, yeah, and, that, and okay, so where do it's you... It's like a treatment plan. Like, my life is <laughs> driven by treatment plans. I get emails Monday morning. Tiffany, do your treatment plans. They're on dates. They're so important. And it's almost like having a treatment plan in a relationship. What are we doing in six months from now? Where do we want to be in a year from now? What does it look like in our spiritual life, in our financial life, in our date night life, in our, in our child-rearing life? Like, are we on the same page or do we have different There really ideas? needs to be structure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Holy shit. Okay. So that's this. So this is going to be a why conversation. Now we're like 53 minutes into this deep, <laughs> badass stuff. Okay. Okay. So you go back to that, right? And oh, have you ever had a relationship like that where you actually ask those questions, Shelly? Yes. You have? Yes. When? When I was married to Don. Really? We always talked about everything like that. That's amazing. Because he, he was an engineer and we ran our marriage like a business. Like basically. a business. And <laughs> but it was a business with love. Right, right. A loving business. It was very structured. Have I? Um, not in the beginning of my marriage because I didn't know any better. And I think once I got into school and I became a therapist, I tried to implement those things and it just... Like too late? Kind of. We were just in a different place at that point. Right. Um, I would say as I move forward with my life now, like... Totally. But I'm also way more grounded. I'm way more grounded now because I wouldn't know what to be looking for or even questions to ask if I was where I used to be. I'm way more grounded now. So do I have those conversations with like potential people? Depending on like the seriousness, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's healthy. I think it's good. You should ask those questions. Mm -hmm. I can say in the past that I did not. Right. Right? I didn't do that in the past. Are you going to go home and write yourself a treatment plan now? We're gonna no, have I'm going to do it right here. Okay, cool. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'll just do it like on a napkin or something. Your little post-it notes. Just just knowing where you're you're headed. I mean, it's yeah. like you know, you head out on a, on, right. on your boat. You know where you want to go, right? Right. You don't. Well, you take off. <laughs> Bad analogy. But if I'm going out on a sailboat, right? Well, I have an idea. Hey, well, you're prepared. Did you see if he goes out on his bike? Boat. On his boat. No, well, but here's the thing. He kind of does. Yeah. Here, because like you're eventually going to run out of gas or right. whatever you use you're to prepared. get the boat. Right. You're prepared. Right. You're prepared. Right. Yes. So and same I think thing that's in relationship. Thing. Yes. yes. Right. I agree with that. Yes. You're prepared. Right. Yeah. You prepare yourself mm-hmm. for what? Yeah. For mm-hmm. the event. You yeah. don't need to know the every adventure. step of the way, but you've got to have all the ideas for the eventualities, but mm-hmm. you've got to have your goals. And right. You're going to have a good time. You're going to ski. You're going to this. You're going to, you know? And I don't know, you know, I, maybe we, exhausted this but this Maybe. is probably this is i think this is one of the best conversations that we've had because we've covered so many things and it's such it's applicable to everything right True. this yeah this mental health yeah. and, and your process and all those things it's applicable to everything it's about culture it's about not being you know judgmental mm-hmm. you know being present mm-hmm. the, all those things those that's like the core to mental health mm-hmm. and i want to say this too everything that we've talked about here to me this conversation mirrors and reflects what we do in my line of work it's when i when people come in we're not just talking about drugs and alcohol we are talking about everything we talked about here today is everything we talk about all of the time you are inundated we are talking about culture we are talking about norms we are talking about relationships upbringing our perception our intentions everything we are talking about life essentially and covering all aspects of it from every corner because it 1000% plays into how we are reacting and responding to ourselves in the world around us. Mm-hmm. I agree. That's good stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think the moral of everything is don't be the zebra. Yeah, don't be the zebra. Well, you could be the zebra. Or be the, the zebra. Don't be, be the zebra. zebra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just stop and graze. Yeah, yeah. yeah you got to stop and graze if you don't yeah. be a zebra. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. All right. Robin, are we done? I think we're done, huh? I think you're done. Yeah. That's yeah. a wrap. Everybody, thanks for watching The Knot. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Robin, for uh, what are you doing over there? Sound thing? Something? I always do that. All that's, right. that's my gig, dude. Everybody, thank you for watching. Have a great day.